Global Alliance of Religions Joins Push for UN Agenda 2030. Written by Alex Newman. Thursday, September, 5, 2019. About a thousand representatives of world religions and other organizations gathered in Germany in late August to advance globalism and a planetary uniting of religions to promote the United Nations so-called Masterplan for Humanity known as UN Agenda 2030. Critics expressed alarm that self-proclaimed religious leaders were embracing dangerous world order ideas totally at odds with liberty and Christianity. The implications are massive. The controversial Tenth World Assembly of Religions for Peace, backed by George Soros and the globalist-controlled German government and other powerful forces, aimed to unify the world's religious organizations behind key elements of the establishment's agenda, including a UN-guided modern order. Operating in almost 100 nations, the alliance claims to be the world's largest and most representative coalition of religious and indigenous communities. It is funded by Soros, the Rockefellers, the Ford Foundation, the UN Foundation, various UN agencies, US taxpayers via the State Department, and more. Among other decisions, the coalition vowed to increase cooperation among their religious sects under the guise of caring for the earth, the entire web of life, and what participants described as the common good. The common good includes earth with its air, water, soil, and web of life, central to it all, by their own admission, is the totalitarian UN Agenda 2030 and the increasingly discredited man-made global warming hypothesis claiming CO2 is pollution. In the speeches and in the final «Religions for Peace» declaration, it became abundantly clear that these self-styled religious leaders have been at the very least co-opted or duped into advancing globalism, socialism, and other ideologies and theologies deeply at odds with traditional Americanism and biblical Christianity. The God of the Bible said, Thou shalt not steal, for instance, while the attendees advocated for global socialism, essentially the institutionalization of thievery. The primary focus of the gathering appeared to be promoting the UN as the solution to virtually all human problems. In particular, the totalitarian-inspired UN Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development Goals SDGs, described by top UN leaders as the Masterplan for Humanity and the Global Declaration of Interdependence, are at the heart of the whole effort to save what the document refers to as Mother Earth, and, claiming that the modern world order is underpinned by the UN, the religious leaders were not shy about admitting it. For instance, in the «Call to Action», signatories agreed to «urge religious communities to invest their resources in alignment with achieving the SDGs». The declaration also states explicitly that the UN's controversial vision, rather than the Bible or other religious texts, should guide human development, an extraordinary statement coming from religious leaders, some of whom identify as Christian. We commit to human development as set forth in the Sustainable Development Goals SDGs, the agreement declares. Examining the UN Agenda 2030 in detail highlights the enormous implications of the statement. For instance, Goal 10 of the SDGs demands that governments and the UN reduce inequality within and among countries. To do that, the agreement continues, will only be possible if wealth is shared and income inequality is addressed, in other words, national and international socialism, an anti-biblical ideology that has produced untold misery, death, and destruction everywhere it has been imposed. The UN plan also demands that governments take control of production and consumption, another key element of totalitarianism, technocracy, and socialism. And it promotes indoctrination of children, population control, and much more. It is especially bizarre that this UN Agenda 2030 is being embraced by so many self-proclaimed religious leaders. 
Consider, among other red flags, that the mass-murdering dictatorship enslaving Communist China boasted openly that it played a crucial role in developing the UN agenda. Then consider that the godless Chinese regime ruthlessly persecutes Christians, Muslims, Falun Gong practitioners, and others, and has since its inception. Mass-murdering dictators such as genocidal Marxist tyrant Robert Mugabe of Zimbabwe could barely contain their glee over the UN scheme. But of course, as with the UN Agenda 2030, much of the religious declaration adopted at the conference in Lindau, Germany, revolves around the supposed cataclysmic heating of the Earth, which is claimed to be caused by human emissions of CO2. And so, to save humanity from this alleged scourge, an essential gas that is exhaled by humans and used by plants in photosynthesis, globalism and government controls over the economy are claimed to be crucial. No mention was made of the fact that human emissions of CO2 make up a fraction of 1% of all the greenhouse gases present naturally in the atmosphere. We will foster sustainable and integral human development by promoting the justice, inclusive citizenship, and equal opportunities interwoven through the UN SDGs, the declaration said. We will champion personal accountability for sustainable consumption, the dignity of labor, and equitable distribution of wealth. We will honor the insights of science and steward progress in digital technology toward the good of all. We will advance universal access to education. We will continue to promote the role of women and youth in society and their leadership in institutions at the local, national, regional, and global levels. The Declaration's signatories also vowed to advocate for government policies to protect rainforests, defend the rights of indigenous peoples, and fulfill their pledges to the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. Of course, President Trump announced that the U.S. government would withdraw from the U.N. Paris Agreement, so the religious leaders were placing themselves squarely in opposition to Trump and his supporters, many of whom are Christian. The leaders pledged to mobilize their congregations to protect the earth, and even to establish green congregations. The document also promotes mass migration throughout, all under the guise of aiding refugees. Indeed, the declaration seeks to portray advocates of the Islamic influx into what was once known as Christendom as genuine humanitarians, while opponents are painted as hateful and bigoted. No reference is made about the role of deep state globalists at the UN and in governments worldwide in engineering the massive movement of human beings into the West using illegal wars, something the New American has documented extensively. The goal of mass migration, put simply, is to erode the nation-state and Christian civilization, as proponents themselves have acknowledged. Another central element of the agenda is advancing the UN's deeply perverted understanding of human rights. The UN view is that governments and international agreements confer revocable privileges on people, that can never be used contrary to the purposes and principles of the UN, as explained in Article 29 of the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Ironically, the UN literally puts mass murdering dictators, communists, Islamists, and other human rights violators, people such as the late Muammar Gaddafi of Libya, for example, in charge of its human rights bureaucracies. This perverse UN understanding of rights is essentially the opposite of America's traditional view of human rights. Indeed, the United States was founded on the self-evident truth that God endowed individuals with inalienable rights, and that governments are established to protect those rights. These God-given rights were enshrined by America's Christian founders in the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, which are the foundation of the nation's government. There are some traditional Christian notions in the platitudes expressed at the Religions for Peace Conference, such as promoting forgiveness. 
But despite the presence of self-proclaimed evangelical Protestant Christians, Orthodox Christians, and Roman Catholics, the final declaration adopted in Germany is filled with unbiblical and even anti-biblical extremism that would be instantly recognizable to informed Christians. Indeed, from a Christian perspective, the whole premise of the effort is flawed, with the Bible repeatedly instructing God's people not to be bound together with unbelievers. For instance, 2 Corinthians 6 verses 14–17 is among the many verses that make this perfectly clear. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. A brief perusal of the website, meanwhile, reveals that the Religions for Peace outfit includes Muslim Brotherhood-linked Islamists, hardcore Hindus who worship numerous gods, Buddhists, Shinto adherents, proud spirit worshippers, and all manner of other pagan and heathen leaders. And yet, the declaration drafted and signed by attendees commits them to creating an alliance of virtue whereby all of the religions will join forces with each other on virtues shared widely across religious traditions and other virtue heritages. It also vows to promote religious literacy education for everyone focusing on shared civic virtues and social diversity. Even more troubling for Christians, perhaps, is that the Declaration commits signatories to advancing peace education, from early childhood to adults across our religious communities. That sounds harmless enough. But even a rudimentary understanding of peace education, a crucial element of UN educational, cultural and scientific organizations' mission, reveals a much more sinister agenda. Leading Peace Education Authority James Page of Australia, for instance, who has worked closely with UNESCO in the field, explained that peace education means, among other things, promoting unbiblical notions of social justice and encouraging the student to love the world. Compare that to what the Bible teaches. In James chapter 4 verse 4, for example, the Bible is clear, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. In 1 John 2 verse 15, meanwhile, Scripture teaches, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And yet, an array of self-styled Christians participated in the creation of this religions for peace declaration, and signed it. The declaration went on to call for total disarmament of all people and governments, a long-time goal of globalists hoping to centralize all weaponry and coercive power in the hands of the UN and its Orwellian-sounding peace troops. We also call for immediate steps toward general disarmament including all weapons of destruction, conventional, nuclear, chemical, biological, and those newly emerging, the religious declaration stated, with conventional weapons including even firearms. By contrast, the Bible is packed with references to the importance of having and carrying weapons. In Luke chapter 22 verses 36-38, Jesus actually commanded his followers to buy a sword, even if it meant having to sell their garments to do so. The entire «Religions for Peace» operation has been a front for globalism since its inception. And that continues to this day. The outgoing Secretary-General of the World Conference of Religions for Peace WCRP is Dr. William Frey Vendley, a member of the Global Government Promoting Council on Foreign Relations. 
According to U.S. Admiral Chester Ward, who defected from the Deep State CFR after 16 years as a member, most CFR members are dedicated to submerging the once independent United States into an all powerful one world government. Vendley is also linked to the Clintons, serving as an advisor to the scandal plagued Clinton Global Initiative and its religion forum. Replacing Vendley, whose term ended amid the conference in Germany last month, is another left-wing globalist, Dr. Azza Karam. Among other notable highlights on her resume is a senior position with the United Nations Population Fund the primary UN agency in charge of reducing the number of people on the planet. The outfit was exposed in congressional testimony for aiding in Communist China's forced abortion program, part of the mass-murdering dictatorship's one-child policy since replaced by a two-child regime. Karam has received funding from the globalist Ford Foundation to promote its dangerous agenda, exposed by congressional investigators decades ago as so altering American life that the United States could be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. The final statement read, Guided by the principles of my own religious tradition, and respectful of religious differences, I commit myself to principled multi-religious cooperation for peace, the statement reads. I will work as a partner with sincere believers of other religions and men and women of goodwill on matters of deeply held and widely shared moral concerns. Speakers at the summit echoed those views. Miguel Ángel Moratinos Cayabe, the High Representative for the United Nations Alliance of Civilizations, argued that bringing religious leaders on board at meetings such as this one was important in finding solutions to global challenges. In the 21st century, we can say that religion is relevant once again, and this is very important, he said. There is a consensus in the world that we must all take steps to save the planet from climate change or conflict. But if we succeed in saving the planet, how will we assure we also save ourselves? Of course, Christians would never speak of save ourselves, as they believe only Christ can save a person. But the UN has long been promoting a sort of New Age paganism. The preamble to the UN Earth Charter, which was filled with religious and spiritual overtones, sounds very similar to the Religions for Peace Agreement. We are one human family and one Earth community with a common destiny, the Charter states. We must join together to bring forth a sustainable global society founded on respect for nature. Towards this end, it is imperative that we, the peoples of Earth, declare our responsibility to one another, to the greater community of life, and to future generations. The ceremonies surrounding the adoption were filled with pagan religious symbolism and ritual, as documented by the New American. German President Frank Walter Steinmeier, who opened the Religions for Peace Summit, painted religion as a source of conflict, without even attempting to differentiate between true biblical Christianity, which produces peace, and other religions that promote holy war, child sacrifice, and more. We must be united in our shared belief that religion must never again be cited as a justification for hatred or violence, Steinmeier said. No war must ever again be waged in the name of religion. A Muslim leader at the summit, Sheikh Abdallah bin Bayya with the Forum for Promoting Peace in Muslim Societies, told a parable involving a two-level ship with drinking water on the top level that was apparently aimed at promoting global socialism. The people on the bottom level needed water to drink and so they started to drill a hole in the side of the ship to get the water from the outside. Bin Bayya said, If those on the top level would share their water then everyone would survive. But if they don't, the ones on the bottom will drill the hole and soon the entire ship will sink and everyone will perish. It is the same for everyone here. 
We must work together or we will all fail. Much of the rhetoric and policy coming out of this conference can be clearly traced back to the efforts of Pope Francis, who has been openly promoting globalism, the UN Agenda 2030, mass migration, and more under the guise of Christianity. His recent agreement with a leading Sunni Muslim drew global scrutiny, as did his formal blessing on the work of the deeply controversial World Government Summit in the United Arab Emirates. However, his growing attacks on traditional Christian doctrines have shocked even Catholic theologians, spurring growing and potentially unprecedented divisions within the Catholic Church. Meanwhile, the UN has long been seeking to unite the world under its control by hyping and promoting bizarre theological notions and spiritual views. In fact, it has repeatedly demanded that spirituality education be incorporated in schools worldwide. And the author of UNESCO's World Core Curriculum, Robert Muller, admitted in the foreword to the teacher's manual that his global education scheme was based on the teachings of Lucifer Publishing Company founder Alice Bailey. Totalitarianism, globalism, socialism, and other dangerous isms must be rejected in every form. And those deadly, anti-Christian ideologies should never be promoted under the guise of religion, especially Christianity. Christians involved in this effort should read their Bible and seriously reconsider their involvement. Subscribe to The New American and listen to more by clicking podcast on the top right corner of our homepage. Also, please consider donating to help us push out more content for you, our listeners.